Well, here we go again, my beauty professionals. I want to thank you so much for listening to Ms. V's Real Beauty Talk. And don't forget that you can find me on YouTube at Ms. V's Beauty Tutorials, where I teach lecture, which we call in schools theory class. And I also teach hands-on practical applications on how to do just about everything from haircutting to perming to coloring to uh, braiding, updos, extensions. Yeah. So look for me on YouTube as well. And today what I would like to conversate about is wigs and hair additions. I have a lot of... Um, um, personal relations, I should say, to hair extensions and wigs because of my own problems with my natural hair. But I also encourage stylists and students alike who are not aware of the money that you can make in this portion of the industry who hasn't considered it really who thought that you were just going to be doing hair cutting and coloring and blow dries, consider and open your heart and your mind to receiving this part where you're inspired, hopefully by this uh, conversation today to at least look into it and try it. Um, now, from my experience right now, I am certified to do four different types of hair extensions. However, I already knew how to do hair extensions and that was self-taught after observing um, a lady do my hair. So today, aside from my own experience, I want to go over a little bit of history of wigs and hair additions and why people decide to get wigs or why they should maybe and um why they may want to get hair additions, also known as extensions. And uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what you'd be getting into and, and the type of money that you could make if you specialized in just that. A lot of stylists slash cosmetologists are already making good money with this. There's people who make wigs and sell wigs, people who sell hair, um, and they also specialize in extension. So it's a wonderful industry to be in because you will never, ever get bored as a cosmetologist. And like I've told my students, if you feel like you're getting bored with just doing hair behind the chair, which isn't a bad thing. Some people don't get bored with it. But if you feel like it and you feel like walking away Consider all the skills that you've learned in school. Consider going to a show and maybe opening your mind to taking a class in something else that you may be interested in, like waxing, like makeup, like facials, like back treatments, like um, nails, acrylics, gel nails, poly gels, nail art, nail tips, silk wraps, fiberglass wraps. Consider that first before you walk away from the entire industry and then you can schedule around and let's say one day a week you're going to do hair 
Um, and then one day a week, you're going to dedicate it just to extensions. And then another day, you're going to do waxing and facials. And at the end of the week, you want to just do spa manis and, and petties or um, you want to do enhancements for the nails because uh, you love nail art because you're an artist on the side at home. You do painting and now you want to incorporate that on the nails. So you get my picture. You'll never, ever get bored. And that's the awesome part. Now, to my experience um, with hair extensions, one thing as far as certification with these hair extensions, I was fortunate to work at a school that because I was the only teacher who was willing to come in on my days off, I guess you could say I'm married to my job. Um, I was able to take classes that really cost hundreds of dollars, but I was able to take it for free. So I am certified in eyelash extensions. I'm certified in hair extensions or hair additions as I call them. Um, and then I'm also, I've also had the opportunity to take Redken classes for color certification, which I have not gotten certified in yet, but I took the classes that prep you for it. And those classes were $600 each. And it was all licensed professionals who took that class and I felt so fortunate because I was willing to come in on my day off. So that's that. The first time I encounter, encountered, excuse me, extensions, I was 19 years old and I was going to a friend's prom. And so the idea that I had for myself was to have my hair partially braided and then the rest of the hair down and curly. Well, at that time, you know, all the young ladies were getting this type of style where it looked like their hair was naturally curly and they had really small braids. That's what I had in mind. The lady who did my hair told me that she could not use human hair on my hair because my hair was too slippery. So she had to use synthetic hair. Well, at that time, they didn't have all the options that we have now with synthetic hair. It was just the thick jumbo braids and so long story short by the end of that service I looked like Mufasa and I was highly upset uh, and at that time I had paid over a hundred dollars and that was a lot back then I sat in that salon until six in the morning and I did not get what I wanted but what I got out of that was how to add hair in from braids so from that moment forward which is unfortunate I went to my friend's prom looking like Lion King nobody else thought so but I thought so my hair was ridiculous but I told myself after that I will never pay someone to braid my hair again now mind you when I was nine years old and I'm 49 now so I've been braiding for 40 years uh, my best friend at that time taught me how to braid so I've been braiding hair since I was nine years old but I didn't learn how to add hair in until 10 years later however that type of braiding was out long before I learned how to do braiding extensions and now here's where it kicked in now I wasn't licensed yet I was 19 
I started braiding my own hair, braiding extensions, I mean. And so my sister at the time when she was in school, she was bringing her friends to me to braid their hair. So I was charging them $100 to braid their hair in. Now they call them single box braids. Back then we called them singles. And then if they wanted their hair braided really tiny, and I'm saying adding in hair extensions, then um, they called them micro braids, right? But I think back, and even when I was a little girl, I think about a singer named Rick James who had braid extensions in his hair. Uh, so uh, there's another singer slash music producer, Patrice Russian. She had braiding extensions in her hair. So even as a little girl, I saw that, but I didn't relate it to being hair extensions. So they've been around for a long time, which leads me into the history for wigs. Um, wigs have been around forever. And if you have a cosmetology book, you can look in the history chapter where it goes way back to the Romans, to the ancient Egyptians who were the first now they wore wigs because it was to protect their heads from the sun from being burned. A lot of them had shaved heads, so they made wigs to cover their head to protect them from the sun. So, you know, there's a saying, there's nothing new under the sun. Truly, that is the truth because wigs and hair extensions have gone all the way down. They um, have been used for social status to, you know, tell if you're rich or poor and people save their own hair that shed and made that into hair extensions. Um, they would take the hair from their hair brushes and store them in jars and, you know, make them into hair extensions or wigs. So it's been around forever. There was a time period like in the early 80s where um, people wore hair extensions, but they kept it hush hush. A lot of celebrities have always worn hair extensions, but it was hush hush. Uh, just I would say in the last 20 years, has it come forth where it's like a cool thing and now everybody's open about it. But there was a time where it was, I don't know, shameful because, you know, it was like, oh, you don't have any hair. So that's why you're wearing a wig or wearing extensions. But if you really think about it and flash over your own life and think about movies you saw when you were little, now some celebrities I'm sure you could think of, they were wearing wigs. What I'm thankful for as far as wigs and hair extensions go, uh, being a person who suffers from alopecia, don't know why, can't pinpoint exactly how I got it, but I have it. I am thankful that I'm able to wear wigs and now they have wigs that look like your real hair. So it's not such a shameful thing. And it's not such a thing, whereas when you look at a person, you could say, oh, she's wearing a wig. Now, sometimes you can tell, but that's usually if you specialize in doing it yourself, you can tell it's a wig. But uh, I think it's a really good job well done with the wigs that we have now, whereas you can't always tell. And the truth is, when you have hair extensions or you're wearing a wig, you shouldn't be able to tell like so obvious, 
oh, that's a wig, right? So they have come a long way with wigs and hair extensions. Um, they have lace front wigs. They have full lace wigs. There's synthetic wigs. There's a synthetic fiber mix. So it's like half human, half synthetic hair. And they've come a long ways with synthetic hair because now they have it where the fibers are tolerant to heat. So this is from experience that I've learned with the synthetic wigs. Um, you know, certain ways, if, if it's straight, if you want to curl it, what you can do, there's certain tricks to that. You know, um, for me, what I do, if it's tolerable to heat, if I want it to be straight and silky, I will mist water on it first. And I will have my flat iron down to at least 200, even though it says it tolerates up to 400. That is not true. It will not do anything. But you can mist it with water. Keep your flat iron on 200. And when you flat iron it, it will straighten the hair out and it looks really silky. So that's one thing. Another thing I learned uh, as far as curls, hot rollers work. So you mist the hair with uh, water and you roll it on a hot roller and let them sit. And then when you take them out, the curls are set in. Uh, they used to do like perm rods where you would wet the hair, roll it on perm rods, and you could put it in the microwave or, you know, put it in the boiling water and let it dry and it will sit. So those are all different tricks that you could do with synthetic hair that's tolerable to heat where you could try to set curls in. When it's the shiny plastic fibers, you really can't do anything with that. You could tell because it's super shiny. Um, but why would people want to consider hair additions or wigs? It's not always because they're bald. A lot of times it could be protective styles because they don't want to pull on their natural hair. They don't want to be bothered with their natural hair. They just want to wear a style and not have to be worried about putting products in or doing whatever to their hair. Uh, hair additions. Why do people want hair additions or extensions? It could be to add length. Maybe they're growing their hair out and they want to add length because they had long hair. They cut it or somebody cut more than what they asked for. And so they don't want to wear the short style. And now they're considering hair additions. I actually recommend some hair additions uh, because instead of damaging your hair with a color, why not try a color extension and see how you look with it? first before actually doing the chemical to your hair there's so many different hair additions out there they have tape-ins um, clip-ins you can do sew-ins you can do glue-ins uh, the thing is though is when you do these things for your clients you want to educate them of course I would recommend that they do not remove their own hair extensions they should come to you for an appointment to remove their hair extensions because a lot of times they get impatient, they freak out, they end up yanking the extensions out and then they're freaking out because they see all this hair coming out. You also um, want to educate your clients on the fact that when you have your hair and extensions for weeks at a time, that of course your hair sheds 40 to 100 hairs a day. 
So that means if you had a sew-in, let's say for instance, meaning your hair was braided and you sewed tracks on to the braids, well, your hair is still shedding. 40 to 100 hairs a day, right? But it's trapped inside of this braid that's sewn uh, with the track over it. So of course, eight weeks later, when you take these extensions out, it's going to look like a lot of hair has come out, but it is not your hair coming out. It is the hair that's been shedding and had nowhere to go, right? So you want to prepare your clients for that. Because if you don't, your clients walk away angry and they're telling everyone she did extensions in my hair and made my hair come out. That's the first thing they'll tell people or yelp about you now or, you know, post it on Instagram or social media. So be knowledgeable of the service that you're going to offer and share that with your clients. Prepare them. You want to have, let's say, for instance, um, you want to have uh, at home an at home care kit for their extensions, any serums you want to sell them, brushes that you want them to use, you know, advise them on how to care for them. If they're going to be shampooing their hair, how they should shampoo their hair, um, conditioner, put it on the ends, but not necessarily in the scalp area. So those oils won't loosen up any, you know, any glue or tape from you know the tape ends so all these things you want to be knowledgeable knowledgeable excuse me about little bit about myself I have done uh, and taught keratin fusion extensions but I didn't teach it with the tool and I actually learned how to do that from a student who let me try it on his hair and he taught me how to do it. So I did his hair and he looked at me and he said, you should teach this. So he gave me the number to the kit that he had. And so I, I started teaching it. I started offering it on my days off. And that actually became a side hustle for me. Because at that time, I really wasn't making much money as a teacher um, but I loved what I did and it was a wonderful service to teach. And I mean, like I would have a good amount of students between 10 and 20 students. I think the biggest class I had was like 20 students and it would be on a Friday and a Saturday. I taught braiding extensions, which I learned when I was 19 from watching that lady. And then I taught sewing. Because if you can braid, you can definitely do sew-ins. Because all your foundation really to a good sew-in addition is the braid. And if you want to you wanna have a solid braid so that those tracks don't slide and they'll last longer. The only recommendation I have for that though is you don't want to keep them in really over between 6 to 8 weeks. So when you leave sew-in extensions in your hair... For over that amount of time, the thread, because it's expanded and it's shrinking from when you shampoo your hair, uh, it actually starts to tear through the hair fiber. And it possibly, if they used your natural hair, could start tearing through your natural hair fiber. And so that's when it can get to hair breakage, which you don't want. But... um. 
And then I taught keratin fusion. And same thing with the fusion. You really don't want to leave them in over eight weeks. But really, I've seen people leave them in for three months. And at that point, the hair has grown down. But mind you now, when that hair is growing down, that hair is fragile when it comes out of your head because it's not hardened all the way. And you have the weight of that keratin bulb pulling down on the hair so it actually can become too heavy for the hair and it can cause breakage. But removal of the hair extension is also important because with the keratin fusion, it can really tear your hair out. Now, um, if it's removed incorrectly, put it that way. If you remove it correct, I don't see any breakage. I hadn't seen from my experience. Before that, though, it was the glue. Um, it was still fusion, but it was with a glue. And then they came out with the keratin, which was less damaging. Now that I saw, I had like about three students that used that method and their hair tore out of their head. They had bald spots. So anyway, with the keratin fusion, I talked that where you had a little pot and you would put in the keratin pellets and let that melt. You would use regular track hair and you would section off little pieces of the hair and um, you would separate the hair from the weft, you know, cut that off so you had loose hair at your station. You would pick up twice the amount of hair as the size of the subsection you have, dip it in the keratin, place it on top of that little piece, dip your finger in water and just roll it onto the hair. And then when you finish with that whole row, you would take your tent brush and dip it in the powder that came with the kit and you would just lightly brush it on the bulbs so that would further harden the keratin around the hair. And then you would use a special brush. Now, I actually had those extensions in my hair and they lasted for five weeks. So one of my students that I taught how to do it, she did it on me and it lasted for five weeks. There's some pros and cons to that because I sleep with a scarf on my head to preserve the style, you know. Uh, with keratin, it would tend to get sticky. So you would have to separate them every day, you know, and it could stick to your head and you have to kind of pull it out. Um, but there was a loop brush, a specialized brush that you could use every day to help separate those, right? So if you do those kind of extensions, now they have the hot tool, which is what I got certified in where, you know, you just melt the hair that's pre-tipped with keratin and then you wind it around and no powder or anything is apparently necessary. And then there's a removal liquid that you would use to apply on there. And then you can either just flat iron it right off or it slides right off. But because that's so time consuming, your average client, I will say, panics. So they let's say they buy the solution from you. You have to really show them. I would have a mannequin sit there. Okay, Miss So-and-so, this is how you're going to remove when it comes time if you're not going to come in to me. And yes, you would have to charge a fee from removing extensions. You should because it's time consuming. Um. But anyway, 
you know, you would have to show them this is how you will take it out. So it's going to take you a couple of hours maybe to get this out. Don't rush it. Don't yank your hair out. Most likely they probably won't want to do that. So they'll come to you to do it. But still, these are things you want to tell your client. Definitely with sewing extensions, you know, uh, you don't want your client cutting their own thread out. Because I've done it myself. I've accidentally, I did my own sewing extensions. And I have accidentally a couple of times cut my own hair out. And then when I take it out, I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, you want, you want your clients to come to you. That's best recommended to remove them. So why would clients want hair additions? One, they may want to try out a new color but they don't want to damage their hair. They may have finer hair. They want more volume to their hair. They want their curls to stay in longer. Um, when do I recommend that you don't get hair extensions? When your hair is balding and you can see the head. Um, although there is some, some uh, styles that you can get. If you're not going to get a wig, you can make your own wig, which we call quick weaves. But that would be something that if you decided to offer that. So the quick weave, you're basically making your own wig, but you're gluing the tracks on to the wig caps on the person's head. So you would shampoo them, mold their hair down. They actually have a protective molding uh, type gel that you can put on and it hardens, not really hard, but it hardens into a protective covering. And then you put the wig cap on that and you glue the tracks down and that lasts for at least two. Mine would last for three weeks. What I noticed with myself on that, no matter how well I gently remove that from my head, it still would tear my hair. So that's part of the battle I've had with my alopecia. Some of it was self-inflicted. I will admit that. Um... But wigs and hair additions have been a godsend for me. And you have to consider there's clients out there with cancer. You may want to get into making wigs for cancer patients. Maybe that's part of your give back. You may not want to charge for that, but you can charge for that. Um, one thing that brought me great joy I had a student whose mom, I think she was undergoing cancer treatments, excuse me, and she was losing her hair. And I'll never forget, I brought this wig. It was a lace front wig. And when I say lace front, that means like a portion of the front of the hair, because there's different types. There's a four by four lace front wig, which means four by four inches of the top of that wig is a lace. And there's different laces that uh, reflect as if it were your scalp. So in other words, it should look like it's your real hair. Well, this particular lace front, it was from ear to ear lace. And it was a beautiful brown wig. I'll never forget. It was a shorter stacked bob wig. Beautiful cut everything. But when I put that wig on me, it looked awful. And I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? Because I'm not going to wear it. It just looks stupid on me, right? So my student tells me that, um, 
you know, her mom was losing her hair. She was really sad about it. Um, so I said, hey, you know what? I have this wig. It's a lace front wig. Um, give it to your mom and see if she likes it. And if she likes it, she can have it. So I brought it the next day. I gave it to her. She takes it home. She comes back the next day. And she was so thankful and grateful. She said her mother cried because, um, you know, it looks so much real like it was her hair. And she was so happy to see herself with hair. I tell you this um, because this is why you want to consider doing this because when people come to you and they are losing their hair for whatever reason, for health reasons, whether it's self-inflicted like mine was, plus I'm on medications now for blood pressure and all that stuff. Um, so that affects your hair growth also with age. I'm going to be 50 soon. So I have to tell you, when I take my wigs off, at night, you can instantly see the change in my demeanor. You can see that in your clients. Um, and there's companies out there that specialize in hair replacement. You know, they do what we would call toupees. And um, I've seen them come to the schools and they've done demos and you could see and these are men you know, but it's not just for men, it's for women as well. But you could see the difference when they come in, they kind of hold their head down, you know, as if they're ashamed. And then when they're done, and they have this hair on their head, it gives them their confidence back. And isn't that what we do? Isn't that what our industry is all about? Making people feel good about themselves. And there's no greater joy when you see a person get up from your chair and they're swinging their hair side to side, you know, and they just have this confidence about themselves that they didn't have when they walked in. And to think that you had something to do with that is one of the most amazing feelings ever. So um, that's why this is something to consider if you're not thinking about it or you don't know about it. And there's so many options out there. Like literally when I go to the beauty supply, I feel like I'm in hair heaven. There's something for everyone. There's, um, you know, synthetic hair extensions now. Uh, but then they have it where it's like mixed, you know, and I mean, it's starting off at $10.99 a pack all the way up to 200 a pack where you get bundles of hair you know, um, if you want straight hair, if you want curly hair, if you want blonde hair, if you want purple, green, orange, blue hair. And this is what I tell my students. Instead of coloring your whole head blue, go buy yourself some clip-in blue extensions and, uh, you know, curl it in with your hair and see how you like it. If you want to go blonde and you're considering it, buy a blonde start off with a cheap synthetic wig they start off at like 50 bucks for a lace front synthetic wig and I have some that no one knows that they're not human hair um, try it out and see how you look with it and if you look good with it then consider going to get your hair bleached or highlighted or colored you know but you got the options there 
And I tell them how they can, you know, put the wig on, braid your hair, put a wig cap on and, and put the wig on, you know, I've helped some students put the wigs on because they don't know how to put it on. Um, so yeah, there's just so much to do just in this portion of our industry. Another option you have is styling wigs. I've had that where clients came in and they wanted their wigs styled, shampooed, blow dried, curled, you know, for the week. Some of them, you know, are beyond saving. And so I would recommend you buy a new one. But some of them, you know, and you just treat it like it's their real hair. You can put it on them once you've shampooed it and dried it and then style it that way or cut it for them that way. So I would say just consider, consider the options you have. And there's hair extensions and wigs have come such a long way. Wigs doesn't automatically mean that the person is bald and wigs don't have to be that type of wig where it looks like you put a rug on somebody's head and you can stare at that wig and just be like, my goodness, why did they put that on their head? Does not have to be that way. There's so many options. And, you know, um, hair replacement. I know people who have specialized in that. They make at least three to five thousand per install for their clients. And that's including, you know, the haircutting, the coloring part of it to make it blend in with whatever hair they have. You know, uh, and I knew people who did this. I knew people who did it for people on TV. Um, you know, and one thing I I would say, when you do extensions, take pride in it and make it look as real as you can. I cannot stand when someone has extensions and you can tell it's extensions. Just take pride in all your work that you do, I would say. You know, um, extensions don't have to look fake. And a lot of times people won't know that, that, uh, you know, a person has extensions until you tell them because that good of a job is done. And that's how, you know, it's a good job when they get up and it looks real, you know, so it shouldn't look like, uh, some celebrities I've seen one of the worst jobs I saw, and I'm not going to say the celebrity's name, but was, um, someone you know, they had just cut their hair and then someone had put extensions in and it was the keratin fusion and you could see all the hair plugs of the keratin fusion. And I got so mad because I'm like, I'm sure they charged like a good five to 10,000 for that job. And they, you know, made a mockery out of that person knowing that this person is always you know, in the magazines or paparazzi is following them everywhere. So that was real shady. You just don't want to be that kind of cosmetologist. So overall, I would say, I hope I made some kind of point on why you want to consider wigs and hair additions. It's not always for balding people. For myself, I just happen to be unfortunate where I'm, I'm in the process of trying to regrow any hair that I can. So I wear wigs. Um, I wear all kind of wigs. Now the fun thing that I have with wigs is that I change my colors and I love it. 
I go from curly to uh, dark brown. If I just want to feel regular, I'll do dark brown or black hair. Um, but right now, like I have uh, ombre hair where it's black into a beautiful wine color. Uh, and then I have one where it's dark brown into a blonde, a real pretty honey blonde. Uh, and I usually wear lace fronts, either the four by four or the 13 by four, where it's going from ear to ear. Um, and one of the tricks that I do, I don't use the glue because I'm always having a hot flash and the lace will lift up. So if I really want the hair to lay down, I mean, where I'm not going to take the wig off at night, I will use a extension tape for tape in extensions. And if I use that, like, so I will put my wig cap on and clean around the hairline with an alcohol wipe or soap and water, wipe it and dry it. And then I put um, the extension tape slightly over my wig cap and on my skin around my hairline. And then I will place the wig down and press it down. Um, and that will last me for at least three weeks. And that's when I get tired of it and I will take it off, but it's not going to move anywhere. It late, the lace just melts onto it perfectly and the tape is made to endure hot flashes and all that stuff. So it's not going to lift. Uh, and I actually recommended that to someone on Instagram and then they did a video on it. So I was... It was nice to pass on that little bit of information because most of the time you see people putting that white glue on their skin. I tried it all and it does not work. So once again, Twilight Zone, what works for everybody else doesn't always work for everybody. And so that's one option to try. Um, you can make wigs, you can specialize in that. You just have to find out where you want to get the hair at a reasonable price. So I'm actually, um, happy to know some people who make their own wigs and they sell hair extensions. You know, there's a lot to do. And hopefully this gave you an idea. If you never, you know, considered selling wigs or making wigs, or adding extensions on as a service. You could add any color you want to in the hair. You can do sew-in extensions, fusion. There's weft beading. Um, there's tape-in extensions. There's glue-in extensions. So your options are endless. And how much do you want to charge? I would say, uh, before I let you go, in charging for extensions... If you're licensed working in a salon, look around you in different salons and see what they're charging. Because you never want to charge like $400 more than what everybody else is uh, charging because then who are they going to go to? They're not going to come to you unless they see how wonderful your work is. Then they may pay that extra. And then by word of mouth, you get your business out there. But most of the time you want to charge around... I would say if you're going to charge more, charge a little more than what everybody else is charging. But if not, around the same pricing. So, of course, in the demographics, if 
it's an area where there's more money being generated, you would charge more money. So for a fusion, fusion extensions, I compare to doing like box braids. Um, and so it's not hard to do. It's tedious. It's time consuming. So you ask yourself, how much do I want to make an hour? You can charge anywhere from 800 to $1,200 for that service. That's just one client for fusion extensions, keratin fusion extensions. Uh, some people charge 500 and even that's still good. Um, but I don't go any less than that, to be honest with you. And again, it depends on where you're at. Uh, from sewing extensions, anywhere from 250 to $500 depends on what you're doing. Um, if you're adding in color, are you going to be cutting? Are you going to be styling? So incorporate that all into your pricing. Are they bringing the hair? Are you getting the hair? You're going to have to charge for that if you're getting the hair, right? So all these things you want to consider in your service. Tape-in extensions, they last about eight weeks. I've had students tell me they paid $800 for that service. And it's a very simple service for us to do, right? But it is time consuming and you want to make sure that you do it right. Are you going to sandwich the hair in or are you just going to lay it down flat? You know, those are options that you and your client have to discuss because if you sandwich it in, that makes it look more full. If you're just going to lay down one at a time, that's going to be thinner. Are you going to cut and style that? You know, and then don't forget your retail, any specialized brushes you want them to use, any specialized shampoos and conditioners you want them to use and show them how they should be shampooing and conditioning their hair and any serums or products if they're going to be blow drying or curling their hair at home. So these are all things you want to consider if you're going to be doing the wigs and hair additions. Um, and I'll tell you one tip and trick for synthetic wigs too. And I learned this from a student as well. I use Tide with Downy in it. Um, so you want to use like a laundry detergent with a fabric softener in it. Um, because it restores the shine to your synthetic wigs. And if it has curls in it, it actually restores the curls. And I always shampoo all of my wigs in cool water. So this is something that you want to tell your clients. Don't use warm water. Shampoo and condition it in cool water. It helps to keep those cuticles closed. It helps to maintain the shine and the dyes that are in it. So these are little tips and tricks that you learn along the way and you pass it on to your clients to uh, lengthen the life of their wigs and their hair extensions. And that's all I have for you today, my beauty professionals. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that you're enjoying this podcast channel of mine. And, you know, it's funny because I never think I have anything to say until I start talking. So if you're thinking about doing podcasting, do it. I absolutely love this. It's nice to be able to talk about what you love to do. So I would say in that, I will talk to you all next week and have a good week. Bye, guys.